It's the When Fishing Podcast. Applying techniques. Then I put the sea rigs on the A rig. fresh ideas. They can't all be good ones. Talking stories. <laughs> reports. Conservation. Probably too close. All to make you and I better fishermen. My guest today is a connoisseur of America's fisheries from the Northeast to the Pacific North and Southwest. He's a longtime friend of mine, first time interviewee. He's currently a real tech at Shimano, grinding out the salt from you guys' goddamn reels. His book, The Devil Has a Belly Button, will hit shelves August 27th. Please welcome into your ears, Jared Funk. Howdy, everybody. Glad to be here. So back to what we were talking about, I just... Uh, uh, I, I let him into the room, and then um, and we started talking fishing, and I'm like, wait, 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 we got to just hit the record button because this is what we do. So um, we saw, uh, we were talking about the, the yummy flyer that's sitting around, and um, so I picked up, a, a, what is it, the Boston Big Game Kite, and it's like a fucking... It's from the East Coast, um, and uh, I'm I'm gonna rig it up to do it like solo on my on my uh, on my raft on my little green boat, and uh, I'm gonna see what happens. But uh, yeah, as far as trying to get it on the uh, like, so fishing a kite solo sounds like bad enough. I was pretty hesitant to do it for a while, and then uh, I finally decided to pull the trigger. But like, even if but then if I get hooked up the the chances of it being like a an enormous you know I think I could fit maybe 150 pound tuna in my boat and that's about the limit and then after that I would uh, if I'm gonna keep it uh, I'd probably have to just saddle it to the side of the boat and uh, hope for the best from there but uh, I I'm gonna actually uh, rig these up with uh, a lot of people do like a uh, single hook, a single 7691 Mustad. Are you familiar? I am familiar. Uh, so uh, they do a single 7691 either uh, right on top in like the middle of the body, or I saw that Ali Husseini uh, endorses a style where he will like thread it through the tail, and so it'll be like just a single hook will be hanging out the back of the tail right there. And uh, others will do uh, like Dave Hansen, and uh, uh, he was at some landing making a video. And they do, uh, they glue a treble hook, like a 5 aught 4X treble on the back. And then they do the single in like the middle towards the front. So uh, I'm just going to do, I think I'm just going to do the single tail, single out the tail because um, I don't like bluefin that much. Uh, Like I've eaten it a couple times and it's like kind of whatever. So uh, I figure I'm probably going to release something that size unless I have like places to... uh, dump it do bluefin release all right or are they uh they get pretty tired after a fight like that i think so um i think so i mean i'm gonna do like i've got a hundred pound braid and probably gonna have like a uh it's that's a i want to say it's 300 pound leader hanging out the front of it so it's gonna be all crimped and stuff and uh so i'm just gonna uh i'm hoping that with like that kind of like hundred pound is the weakest link uh, I should I should be able to catch and release them. I hope. Very cool. I really hope. 
Otherwise, you want 100 pounds of uh, bluefin? Uh, there's room in my freezer. I'm sure I'll take it if you have it. Okay, good. Because, you know. Oh, you want some uh, Thresher, by the way? I've got some. There's room in my freezer. <laughs> good. I'm glad. Yeah, I've... Uh, uh, it's good. It's definitely good. Yeah. Uh, it's just there's a lot of it, so... I'll take whatever you don't want. Okay, good. I'm glad. Um, yeah, so... Uh, uh, you've been working at uh, the Shimano Realtek as a Shimano Realtek for uh, just about three months, a little over. Okay, so that's about um, the time where I got moved. From, I was working at Daiwa doing the same shit, and I uh, pretty much got moved over from uh, from the tech to the customer service. Uh, and there was just so little. It was like in a weird part of. It was like beginning of 2021, so there was uh, serious issues with like supply. Um, We're still chain. seeing that at Shimano, just a little bit with bearings and gears, especially. Yeah. So, do you have like, do you know like maybe like a percentage of how many are just getting like shelved until further notice? That I don't know. Um, we're getting consistent deliveries of all that stuff. We're getting all our parts, but it's just kind of a give and take process a little bit. You know, like. We get some bearings, and some bearings were back ordered on for three months. You know, it just kind of depends. I'm just gonna fuck with this real quick. Get rid of those gates. That was a little. Um, sorry. Um, you said. Uh, what? What did you say? Uh, just like some of the parts that we're missing, um, we'll be waiting for a little bit and. Uh, there's some problems at the ports too with containers getting delayed right um so it's it's just kind of win some lose some in terms of parts at the moment yeah so yeah i remember like at least i don't know two like a lot of them were like two three months out some of them were six months out stuff like that like i haven't seen any delays up to that six month mark but yeah uh, one to two months is pretty common yeah. with the uh, the parts that we're looking at, and most of the stuff is for the really popular like Talicas. That's a tough one. Gears for Talicas are back ordered yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um. So we get them, and then they're just gone immediately. Yeah. But, I mean, some some parts we'll get, and we just have all the time. But. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's a that's a good note for uh for Talica folks. Um. Yeah. For just maintain your stuff and don't let it get trashed in the first place. That yeah. would be my recommendation. Yeah, like, like if, like, you know how how gears get fucked. I mean, most of the stuff that I see are just the the stuff that's real bad is just completely corroded. If you're letting salt water get all up in there and gotcha. drying in there, that's what's really gonna trash them. Is it'll just get corroded, and then when you start turning, all you're gonna get is the crunch. Yeah. Do you see like people? Um... Maybe uh, putting down the drags too hard. Uh, oh, yeah. We see that a lot. Yeah. Um, like the preset knob on top of the lever, you'll yeah. just crank that all the way down thinking it'll tighten your spool, and yeah. it's that's not what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, uh, try, and keep your, try and keep your reels at, like, power – keep them powered at around, like, 25 to 50% of capacity for, like, to, for longevity's sake. That's kind of – there's also some pretty handy material that I it might come with the reel. If not, you can find it online for how to set your drag properly with a scale. Yeah. Um, doing that is definitely what we recommend. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, wash down your fucking reels, people. It's it's funny like what you see like 
like you'll like we were we were talking about it on the way up to the apartment. It was just like um fucking tablespoons. Like maybe I've seen as much as like a quarter cup of salt like come out of someone's reel before. It's like <laughs> Yeah, it can get pretty bad. It's it's pretty ridiculous the the torture tests people put your gear through. Yeah. And then they hand off their reels to you and say you do it. I mean, it's at least they pay, you know. Sometimes. You're paid to do it. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes they, they try to push it off as warranty service, and it's like, ah. Got a handful of those <laughs> in my desk right now. I've been going back and forth with a guy who's saying that boat rash should be covered under warranty, and, you know, it's just not going to happen. Right. Yeah. So that's uh, that's a that's a fun battle with uh, with customers where it's like what what is and isn't under warranty, and it's like. Not everything is under warranty, but yeah, it's yeah. I'm gonna have to remind myself to like turn my head when I have to like breathe or something. Like I feel like I can hear myself breathing a little bit. Uh, it's fine, honestly. Um, so far, I'm if if I'm not, I'm I'm kind of paying attention. Uh, it's not too bad. Um, I definitely noticed for like my first, uh, I switched microphones twice. Uh, I had them around, so uh, it's no problem. But like. Um, I started with one that was really sensitive, kind of like that one, but different. And like, uh, and I just realized that I was just kind of moving the saliva around in my mouth too much. Cause I'm like, so focused on just like presenting like what I'm saying. And, uh, and like, there's just a lot of mouth sound, a lot more mouth sounds than like I normally make, I think. And so eventually I just went to the handheld because it's so I can just move it away real quick. Yeah. And, uh, I just assumed that, uh, that probably wouldn't be an issue for you. So, um, so far I don't think it is, but cool. yeah. So this whole podcast is just about how to make podcasts, just how to record podcasts and with about a minute of fishing involved. So sounds good to me. Yeah. gives me a new appreciation for like radio jockeys and shit like that. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, I, I got used to it with me with making music and stuff. So this was actually really easy for me to like, I drafted it. I, I, put up and took down the first episode um like half a dozen times or something like that before i told anybody that i'd even done it uh so that i could like get it right make sure that the the mix was okay and like it came out through my car speakers uh without sounding absolutely trash because there's a lot of podcasts out there that like are unlistenable just because they're not mixed well because people just thought that they could just jump on a microphone and then release it. And it's like, yeah, you, well, you can, doesn't mean you anybody's going to listen to it. So, right. um, yeah, but yeah. How was your, uh, your bongos trip? Bongos was great. Um, it was a five to five trip. So just the full day we went out to San Clemente Island. Um, and that's out of Newport. Yep. Out of Newport. Uh, I think they're affiliated with Davies locker, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. Yeah. Um, but it was cool. We, uh, we ran out there and, Saw some bluefin on the way out, stopped on them, uh, threw some jigs, but got no biters there. And then uh, how far out were the uh, bluefin? I don't know. I probably like a mile or two off the island. Okay. Um, and then we went after those guys dove. We didn't catch any there. We uh, went looking for yellowtail close to the shore, and it took us a little while to get on the yellowtail, but uh, we were catching some pretty quality calicos, uh, just cruising around through the kelp in the shallows. And then uh, we started getting on a little yellowtail bite. I got my first one, nice. kind of small, but uh, just made it a little easier to scoop the heart out and chomp that down. <laughs> you did that. 
Damn. How was that? It wasn't so bad. You know, it was uh, kind of, I thought about it like doing a shot, you know, you just down yeah. the hatch, just yeah. nice and quick, but it, was, it wasn't it was bad. Okay. I'd recommend anybody who catches their first yellowtail, you know, just, just do it. Yeah. I just, I totally forgot to do it. Um, when I, like I was just on a, on a solo or I was on a pelagic trip, like an overnighter and I, I wasn't even with friends or anything. And so like when I, when I caught my first, actually my first yellowtail was like, it was like 10 inches long. Oh. Uh, it was like just like the rest of them were like five to, to ten pounders, but like that one was tiny. I threw it back and like I didn't even think twice about it. And like and then once I caught the rest of mine, I totally forgot about the heart thing. And I'm I'm glad I forgot about it. It's so. never too late. <laughs> yeah, I watched somebody. Uh, I watched some Instagram story. Somebody threw up from it, and I was like, yeah, it's reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> so go on. Uh, you got your first yellowtail yep. killing the calicos. Got the first yellowtail. Um... Once I got mine, the bike kind of slowed down for a little bit. We were just cruising around trying to dodge the seals and all that junk. Um, But uh, we boated probably six yellowtails for the trip and then uh, ended up trolling some Mad Max on the way back and boated three 30-pound class bluefin. Um, First bluefin also, so checked uh, two new species off the list in one trip. And and two good ones. Yeah, yeah. pretty stoked. Yeah, that's, that's that's a sick trip, so congrats on that. Yeah, and um, the crew was great too. You know, the captain did a good job putting us on fish and deckhand gauge, killing it. Yeah, good. Yeah, I've heard really good things about them for uh, for a long, long time, as, as long as I can remember. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, it's cool that you uh, you ended up riding with them. And um, did uh, uh, how many how many bluefin did you get between for your party? Uh, six anglers, three fish. So. Gotcha. And it was kind of a team effort on the bluefin. We were trolling them, so we were just kind of. Yeah, swapping off on the rod, make sure everybody got a chance to fight the fish. And yeah, nice. But yeah, it was cool. Yeah, uh, what uh, what color Mad Mac? Uh, do you remember? Uh, sardine and an orange. I I don't know what size though. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at the the. There's like a mini sardine one at uh, at Shark Bait right now. It's like twenty bucks, and uh, the rest of them were, th- were thirty for that size. That was a one thirty size, which is not what anybody uses. Everybody uses. I think everybody's pretty much settled on like the two hundred size. Yeah, uh, I think that's probably what they were running to. About, about that yay long. Yep. About like, uh, for the folks at home, like seven inches or something, eight inches maybe. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I refuse to to buy a Mad Mac, even though it's what works. I I I've gotten like a handful of Yozuris and, um. Savage Gear has a really cool looking one, a uh, Max Stick, um. But yeah, I mean the the Mad Max definitely work. So I also don't believe that that's the only thing that works. Though. Yeah, so, definitely. I mean, it's just what's, with it's what what's, you want. It's what's pulled the most. So yeah. that's what gets bit the most. I th- I'm I'm pretty convinced of that. So I refuse to to buy in. But I, I feel like a lot of the the hyped baits are just a combination of uh, luck and good marketing. Yeah, and and those the price has come down on on Mad Max lately. Like uh, they peaked last summer or fall at like i think people actually bought them for upwards of two hundred dollars i think um and uh i just saw today that they're you can get them for at the largest size for like 60 bucks or something like that which is still more than i want to pay but it's uh a lot more reasonable than than that yeah that was wild but yeah cool uh that was uh yeah there's there's a lot of uh 
a lot of bluefin of all sizes in between here and there. So were they about like halfway back on your way home? or were, Actually, no, I think I saw the island in the background of your picture. Yeah, right? they were pretty close to the island, probably yeah. like 20 minutes away or something like that. Not even, actually. Okay, so You probably... could see the foams from the, from the island. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's sick. And tantalizing. Yeah. Yeah, those are... It was a good bite, too. It was like there's us and another boat that were just kind of cruising over the uh, the foamers or around them, and it was pretty much guaranteed. You go through them, and you're going to get bit. Yeah? Cool. Yeah. I've, uh, they, they can be fucking finicky as hell. I mean, I've really – I think I've only run into uh, – on my own, I've run into foamers maybe three times now. Two two good foamers, and then uh, uh, and then one just like little little tiny breezer. Like I saw like this is like I don't know last month or something like that. I came up out of Dana Point on some that were like it was just like a dozen maybe fifty pounders or so, just working the tiniest piece of uh, tiniest school of anchovies or whatever. And then they're like like as soon as I threw my taddy on them, they were gone. And yeah, that that's kind of how the first group, the ones that we saw in the morning were just yeah. like that. We were just, they were foaming for a little bit. We rolled up on them, yeah. made two casts and they were gone. Yeah. They're, they're tough out here. I mean, I, uh, I don't know, like up in the Northeast, it sounds like, uh, they're really not nearly as boat shy, uh, or other fisheries in general, I suppose. But like over here, like it is so tough to get within, you know, casting distance or, stay within casting distance of them and like it's uh yeah it's fucking tough which is why you gotta set the mad max like 100 yards back or more yeah we had them pretty pretty far back yeah so uh that's yeah they're fucking bullshit but but i'm still over invested in in these fucking bullshit fish and still haven't got one so congratulations on beating that beating me to that one too i so i um i sold i sold jared a rod um, this tar is like an eight foot medium heavy taramar or something like that, and uh, torium like first gen torium fourteen, and then uh, it's a really nice little combo, and and you put good good I use, use it to a it. lot, yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, it was just redundant for me, and uh, and I was like trying 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 to catch a thresher, and then you went out on like a three quarter day or a half yeah, day I boat just got or something, one off of dumb luck. and and then you got a yeah you got a thresher at, like just on like a dropper loop or something dropper like that loop anchovy drop <laughs> on on the rod that I sold you, and so it's like dude I've like spent like like you know I've driven down from I was living in Ventura at the time driving down just to every county and trying every stretch of beach in like California looking for him this one summer, and then he got one like blind luck and i finally got one but uh, yours is nicer than mine though yeah, that was a good one how how long was yours like fork length i don't know maybe three feet okay three or four feet yeah you're talking just like the tail right yeah so like yeah if, if you were just to like yeah if you're hold it hold it there yeah I, probably like three three and a half feet yeah, mine went four foot. I thought it was. It looked bigger. I mean, it's. I mean, with the tail, yeah. it's like yeah. that. Mine was. I think it was, uh, eight feet solid or eight foot one, um, uh, measured completely out, and it looks fucking like enormous in the water. Like, and the, but they just have. They have the coolest fins. Like beyond the tail fin, <clears throat> you see them in the. Uh, see them in the water, and they just seem like, like liquid themselves almost or something it's cool to watch them yeah like the the 
the pectoral fins are like a little bit longer than uh, than most other sharks as well, and so they have this like very like you know ribbon like appearance. It's not just the tail that's ribbon like, so it's yeah, it's a really cool fish to see in, in the water in person. I've actually never seen a thresher on the surface that wasn't hooked, so I'd, okay. I'd really like to see that. Yeah, I, uh, the day that I was out and actually got one, like I, I, it was probably the same one I saw it jump in like half hour intervals or something. It was probably like. I don't think it was even three feet uh, fork length, but it, so it was pretty small. And uh, yeah, that that was the first time I ever saw them like free jumping. And like before that, the only time I'd ever seen them just out in the wild. Um, and it sound everybody else talks about them like they're really easy to find, easy to see, and stuff. And uh, I saw one one last fall that was like I was leaving the harbor, and there was this. It looked almost like a bill, actually. I was, like, super confused for, like, 10, 20 seconds where, like, I saw this bill kind of, like, hopping around. And I'm like, what's going on? And then finally I realized it was the tail of a thresher. And, like, it was, you know, it was, like, slashing in, like, a in a really peculiar way. And that was the only time I've seen one. But, yeah, those, they're fucking cool. I, I think I'd, I, I could get a tattoo of one of those. That'd be sick. Yeah. Do you have, do have, do you have a tattoo? I don't. Would you get a tattoo? I was thinking about getting a salmon. I know, uh, like a Chinook kind of. Yeah, yeah. That's the probably the thing that I've fished for the most. Yeah. And uh, he's one of my favorites. So. Yeah. So yeah, actually, I want to. Uh, while we're while while we're here, I figured uh, we'd dive into your history, just cause that's what you do on fishing podcasts, and uh, and see if see if I know. I I I feel like I know your history pretty well, but at the same time, I feel like if if we really um, if we really went into full interview mode, I could pull some cool, cool shit out of you. You're that probably I didn't right. Know. So, but uh, if you got the Chinook tattoo, would you? Uh, what style would you do it? Would you do it like Native American style? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I like that style, but there's also the uh, cultural appropriation kind of aspect that I'd be a little <laughs> worried about. I don't. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I I'm a little ways out from getting a a tattoo. I think, but. Yeah. Um, that's probably on top of my list if I were to get one. Yeah. I think if um the only the only the the thing that's been like well, if I were to get a tattoo, I think the I would want a functional one and so I would really want like for a long time I thought it would be like a mahi and maybe it would be like this uh like the the spine like pin bones or whatever the ribs uh going going up like in like half inch or inch intervals and so i could measure fish Ooh, against it that'd be cool and the other stuff so like it'd be you know highly functional but uh i've been but i just haven't seen like a style like everybody does like really kind of like a little overly cartoonish styles and i, I want like really anatomically correct but at the same time maybe a little bit of being a little bit liberal with it I don't yeah know. so i haven't seen what i wanted but um now that i finally uh wrote up the uh the history here we go we're gonna deep dive buddy let's do it so um first fishing memory Ooh. first fishing memory when i w- i don't know how old i was we were fishing my dad well I'll, I'll start with this my dad uh he was the one that got me into fishing yeah. um and he learned from his dad and Um, We had a lot of really solid opportunities when I was growing up for fishing. My dad worked for Mustad Hooks for a really long time. Um, They provided him with a a company boat instead of a company car. (laughs) Oh, man. 
So uh, we we fished a whole bunch on the Great Lakes, or specifically Lake Ontario, um, but a lot so of the Finger Lakes too. Uh, New York. Yeah, New York. Um, so we were fishing on Lake Ontario, and I caught a coho salmon that was about 18 pounds. Wow. And that's probably still my personal best coho, and I was yeah. like seven or eight at the time. Um, so that's got to be right there. And then uh, another thing that I remember when I was really young, my dad, we were uh, trolling again up on Lake Ontario or maybe one of the Finger Lakes, and it was a really, really slow day. And uh, we brought these double-stuffed Oreos out on the boat. So he said, come here, we're going we're gonna to do something to get these fish to bite. So he took an Oreo, split the two cookies, ate the frosting out of the middle, and then chucked the two cookies, one on either side of the boat. And he was like, all right, you watch the rod. It's going to happen. Not five minutes later, boom, we're on. And it was a salmon. We boated him. And I've always brought double-stuffed Oreos, if I remember. Every, every trip I go on, I'm bringing double-stuffed Oreos just because of that. Really? Do you still do that? Sometimes. If I, if I remember to grab the Oreos beforehand. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And especially if I'm fishing with Dad, I'll, I'll bring them out just for the nostalgia. Yeah, that's cool. So um, do you think you got started right about then, or were you getting started before that? Before that. Um, I was born in Washington. Um, that's where my parents are from. And okay. uh, back in the day, my dad was a guide on, on a lot of the rivers in that's western right. Washington for salmon and steelhead. So I was pretty much in the, in the drift boat out on the river since... My mom would let, let him take me out there. So I, I grew up fishing. I've, I've been doing it my whole life. Do you think you got started at like five or? Oh, earlier than that. Really? Less than one. I was Really? Yeah. Your mom let, let man, like yep. drift boats are whack. <laughs> I mean, I guess they're all right. And your dad's a pro, like yeah. literally like a guide and all that. But like, yeah. The... <laughs> I, was, I was out on the river as a little guy. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. So when did you move from uh, Washington to uh, Northeast? Washington to New York was in 98 or 99. I was like two, two yeah. and a half probably. And then uh, lived out there for 12 and a half years and moved out here in 2010. Gotcha. So uh, yeah, you moved out here in 2010 and then we met in college 2013. So uh, were you... Uh, um, my mind just goes absolutely blank in a Zen state at the least opportune times, uh, <laughs> but that's Zen for you. But um, uh, so were you targeting mostly like coho, or were you uh, like, what was what was your like tree of growth with with fishing? Like, what did where did you start to take your own agency in fishing? Like, oh, I I want to like work more on this, or I want to like like know more about this probably probably not until i was a little er older maybe like early teens is when i really started to like have my own knowledge rather than just kind of like piggybacking off of what my dad was telling me yeah um so we would fish for salmon steelhead and that's really where my dad is uh the expert and um we would also fish for, for bass in the Finger Lakes. There was a pretty big population of smallmouth and largemouth out there. And I think that's kind of where I started to um, really develop an interest myself. Because when I was younger, the, the trolling game was a little boring for me. I get that. Um, and I just wanted to be in the boat and cast my own rod, you know. And that's kind of where the, the bass would come in. Um, 
So I really started to have my own interest with that. And then once I moved out to California, the inshore game, like the spotted bay bass and that kind of thing is really where uh, I've kind of explored on my own. Yeah. Um, just doing the, the float tube kind of thing and yeah. that kind of stuff. So Did you uh, start doing the spotted bass um, like when you first moved here or – no, there was a couple years where I wasn't even aware that they existed. Right. And then um, probably when uh, when I got back from college, I uh, started doing just like walk around harbor stuff and then um, got my float tube and it was kind of off to the races since then. I try to go every weekend out there in Newport or Huntington, but... Right. Uh, have you been lately? Not lately, just because of the whole like medical thing i've yeah. had a heart procedure a few weeks ago and i'm still kind of recovering from that so right. i was out uh i don't know maybe two weekends ago just for kind of a dip my toes in the water kind of thing um i didn't get anything it was just a quick little after work adventure but uh it was definitely good to be back out in the tube and yeah. kick around so are you uh fishing a lot with your coworkers? yeah um we've been doing uh weekly ish float tube a couple of them have tubes some of them have kayaks so we're out in newport quite a bit um not so much huntington recently but uh that like right in the front of newport harbor next to the coast guard station where everybody goes is uh where we normally launch as well so if you ever see a big uh big group of float tubes and a couple kayaks it might be us come say hi sounds good shout out yeah they uh, uh i i haven't fished newport in I guess pretty much a year now. Did I, did I tell you about this? That like um, I basically like I lost my um, my parking ticket because at the with the boat you launch at um, the dunes and it's like forty five minutes. Oh back. yeah, you were telling me about yeah, that. Yeah. So um, so the like at, uh, at other places you pay like at the ticket for the day you pay for your ticket. Like, you know, before you go run through the, the fucking uh, car uh, car wand fucking thing, the, the gate. Right. <laughs> the gate. That's what it's called, Jeremy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there you, you pay, like, at the end. And so I lost my ticket in the wind. And then, like, the guy was like, oh, it'll be $60. I'm like, what the fuck? Can I go look back? Go, go like, looking? And I guess. And so then, like. He like opened the gate and I just left. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Uh, yeah, I wasn't going to find that ticket, but I could have come back in, like received another ticket and then just gone to the automated kiosk like next to him and been like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like at least paid for it. And like, because now I just don't feel obligated to ever go there again. But it kind of seems out of the way anyway. It is kind of out of the way from here. And um, but there's I think that's. A really good spot i think newport bay is a really interesting fishery and like i would i would be willing to fish it a little bit more often if i hadn't done that yeah <laughs> so that, the, that's the only place you can launch the boat is just yeah yeah right. i mean i i could like if i really wanted to like put it you know i could i could assemble it all like on one of those beaches and stuff but then i get sand everywhere and it, it and i'd also i don't know it's not really worth it to me. So yeah. I try to I try to just launch in real places rather than like um uh in other non official places. You just gotta break into the float tube game. Yeah, I know. I'm just afraid of seals and uh, I've never seen a seal in the harbor. Ri- what? 
Maybe in, once. In Newport? Maybe once. They got the... the they're, they're sea lions sink boats. Have you? Yeah. Dubious. That's like... <laughs> they, they fucking, they've sank like multiple boats because they all just... There are so many of them. Oh, they they're just so like, enormous. They're fat and they just jump on the back. They, and... Yeah, they jump on the back and they just sink the boat and then they go on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're giving these sea lions a lot more credit than they deserve. I don't know. <laughs> they're fucking assholes. I've never been messed with... But you've seen them. I, I've seen them on yeah. the docks and that kind of stuff. And I but. guess they, they would hang out closer to the bait receiver. or the Yeah, so they would hang out in the jetty mouth right there. Yeah, I mean, and then we, they would hang out by, like, Davy's Locker yeah. most for the most part. Right. So, yeah, they're pieces of shit. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, my feet dangling in the water. But I do see the value of it way it, – it would be, like, exponentially better than a kayak, to be honest, just because you don't so. have to have your – you know, you can micro adjust a lot easier. Like I was out with you that one time and it was like, <laughs> it was like 30 mile an hour winds in like the back of Huntington Harbor. And it was just like, like I had to cast and then I had to adjust and then I had to, then I'd bounce my, like my jig once and then I'd adjust and I'd bounce my jig once and you're, you're like, you know, a hundred yards away catching fish. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? It's tough so, unless you have one of those like super fancy kayaks with the pedals and yeah. little spot lock how, shit and all that stuff. How you know? far are you away from that? Oh, I'm a good good ways. I'm I'm yeah. pretty poor, so I okay. got other bills to pay, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, cuz yeah, I know I know you want to get the pedal kayak and that's yeah. that is a it would be cool. Every bill that comes in just pushes the kayak farther and farther down the list, you know. Yeah. Well, you are are you working overtime at all at, at Shimano? Not quite yet. Um, they still have me on like a temp kind of schedule. Gotcha. Um, I'm not officially hired at Shimano itself yet. I've I've been working for them for like four months almost. But when's that? Uh, do you know when the, the that period ends? It should have ended ninety days. So yeah, it's uh yeah, I dealt not with quite that. there yet. I've but dealt with that. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll get on permanent like pretty soon and yeah. We'll have dental insurance, which would be great. Very nice. Yeah, I, I, I haven't been to the dentist in like three years yeah, or something. I just got that kind of time. Yeah, and then my last dentist, it was like our family dentist in Newbury Park, and uh, he ended up like just, like he was kooky. He would just, you know, like most dentists, uh, he would ask you questions that you couldn't answer because his fingers were in your, in your mouth. And right. uh, But he would go off on these wild tangents about like, he'd he'd be like, like you think you're in control of your destiny? <laughs> Some heavy talk from the like, dentist's office. No way, no <laughs> way, dude. Like there's like, you know, there's like there's these things that are smaller than protons and like neurons. There's all this shit, and and it's and, and they find that it's like that's in control, bro. Like there is like, like the, these things, everything's in place, man. It's all man. fate. And it's just like, yo. <laughs> He's just over here talking was, about midichlorians. He's yeah. like elbow deep down your throat. Yeah, it was uh, um, it was fun, but like, uh, and then he'd talk about other shit that was cool, but at the same, but then he ended up like just bickering with his wife, who was the receptionist. And they were like, it was like, it was like kind of like, you know, hair standing up on your back. Like, this isn't cool. This isn't cool. This isn't your house. Like yeah. you got because they'd be like, maybe if you did it, and it's just like, bro, like this isn't your kitchen, and I'm still a guest here. Like so, like that was the last time I went to a dentist. Can't trust them anymore. No. So no, 
Now I finally I did set one up out here, but I haven't been. I really need to because I don't brush as quite as much as I should. But it's all about the flossing. Yeah, I haven't done that since like two thousand seven. So. <laughs> what's your brushing? What's what's your you you, br- you brush a lot? You floss a lot? No, not enough. Yeah, I I brush every day, but flossing not so much. Do you at least like uh? Do you like drink water after you drink juice to like to clean your teeth a little bit of all the acids and the and the sugars? My doctor's been telling me that I need to drink more water, so they told me that you should drink half of your body weight in ounces every day which seems excessive to me because that's like a hundred something plus ounces of water a day yeah so i don't know i i've been drinking a bunch of water but uh yeah that's what i would drink like when it was like a hundred degrees out and i was delivering for amazon for seven hours a day yeah i would i would drink I was I was keeping track of that just because it was like just became an enormous number that I was kind of like wow look at me I just drank 150 ounces in like five hours like what the fuck was that yeah and I didn't pee see that's <laughs> that's the crazy thing because I'm over here sitting at home drinking 100 plus ounces a day yeah and peeing like 13 times a day this is what happened it's a good intro yeah that's the there we go that's the um, uh, the outro because it doesn't have the doesn't have the voice so like that's my shove off where I was like okay you have a safe time out there okay good luck and then everybody there you go. well it seems like we made our time at least oh yeah no I'm I'm hoping uh, so I have uh, obviously uh, you're here now you're you're the first guest so you've saved the podcast all right <laughs> I think I did 13 episodes, and uh, the last one was about a month ago, I think. And I tried recording one, like, two weeks ago or something like that. And then, like, I tried to record them on, like, Thursdays and then release them Friday or Saturday. And then uh, uh, and then my girlfriend, would, for whatever reason, uh, she would be, like, at home on, like, all Thursday. And I just wouldn't, like, want to record while she's, like, hustling, bustling around, and I'm just talking to the wall and shit. It's weird. But, uh uh, but then I I just kind of got to a point where it's like I don't think I'm saying enough, like by just by myself I'm not learning enough, like every week to really put together this like thirty minute, like like thing that's an informational diary for me and others. It just felt like well I did the same fucking thing again, and it's like uh, like I don't know what am I doing? Like I gotta make sure these are good, kind of. So uh, so I went on a writer's strike. For, oh, nice. for the last month. That's timely. Yeah. So uh, so now we're back. We don't need writers. Like Vermilion Rockfish? Right. There's like Sunset Rockfish now. And it's like, when did that happen? Like, and they Is look the same. Is that like a cross between Vermilion and some other... No, uh, I'm not sure if it's a cross. I don't think it crossbred. I think um, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll ask him. Uh, I've I've got him set up for the end of the month, and so he'd be my second guest. And uh, the commonality between you two is that uh, well, first of all, you're both into fishing, uh, but second, um, you both have a Spotify playlist for uh, for sea shanties. So, nice. So there we go. Gotta love a fellow <laughs> shanty lover. So uh, I thought that was funny. I was I was just trying to find podcasts uh, that he was in so that I could so I wouldn't ask him the same questions, and uh, 
get a vibe for what what he's like but he answered my email in just the most like casual way i was just like like i wrote this whole thing up like like you know you're like you know kind of inspiring to me and you know this that and the other blah 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 like would you mind coming on and he was like yeah sure okay (laughs) and then i said all right i'll follow up in a week he was like roger like no punctuation no nothing i'm like all right that's cool it's a good vibe and yeah and like i listened to the uh, podcast with him and i was like yeah dude uh, yeah i think i i i I still like this guy i'm i was a little worried that like you know i'd meet him and you meet your your idols or whatever i don't know if he's an idol but he definitely i what i realized is he he made me a i was i went to humboldt for fisheries and then i was like no and uh i i realized right before i got to college it's like no i'm not a i'm not a scientist i'm a writer like like I want to, I like writing about fishing, or I like writing about fish, but I don't like, I can't do calculus. So and that's same. That's a big. That's a big thing for for fisheries biology, uh, apparently. I don't know. I'm talking to a bachelor of arts person over here, so I yeah. don't know do that shit either. Yeah, how's how's that going for you? Well, I don't use my degree in my job, so yeah, that's uh, good on you. Got you all the way here. Yep, here we are. Still not in the streets. So <laughs> yet. For, yeah, yet. Did you start, like, bugging out on, um, like, you know, bugging your dad or bugging, you know, uh, going through your allowance money, like picking up like bass lures, like early in life, or See, all right. So when I was a kid, I was like the most fortunate young fisherman because yeah. I didn't have to buy anything. That's right. Like Mustad <laughs> literally hooked us up with pretty much anything we would need to catch fish, and whatever Mustad didn't hook us up with, my dad was already buying for himself. Yeah. So I'd just be going out on the boat using his stuff. And then once we moved to California, we moved here because he started working at Shimano. So um, he was pretty high up in Shimano for a little while while he worked there and took home some rods and geared us up for a a good little while. I didn't have to start buying tackle until I was probably like 17 or 18. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Pretty much living the dream. I'm like one of those Nepo babies in Hollywood, you (laughs) know? Yeah, no, that's that's a nice setup. I mean, I remember going over, the first time I went to your house and saw your garage was... um, I guess when was that? I was like twenty. I was twenty three or so. I think. Yeah. So when was that? That was like two thousand eighteen or something like that. And I just remember a wall of steelhead rods. That's just, pretty much what it is. It's yeah. Steelhead and old bass rods. It's just like a bunch of stuff that he's just accumulated over a career of working in the fishing industry. Yeah, that's sick. And then, then you gave me some of those. Um, what was the name? Uh, I don't know if we need to name the company, but remember that hook, the the company that he just like. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zone lock hooks. Uh, yeah. Don't buy them; they suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gave me you gave me some. They're sharp, but I mean, you know, uh, uh, the the owner. I don't know if he's so sharp. So it <laughs> doesn't seem like it. I I don't want to. I don't. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't need to bury people, but um, hopefully, there's not a lawsuit coming because of that. No, uh, there's there's Buy whatever hooks you want. There are about seven people listen to this, and you're one of them. So, um, 
I'm not too worried about it. And I don't think anybody, that's the most advertising he's gotten, I think. like I'd never, I don't even know if they're still in business, to be yeah. honest. I, I haven't seen their hooks in any stores or anything like that. I, so. I never saw the hooks in stores. Were they ever in stores out here? Do you know? I don't know. They, it's pretty much only bass hooks. They never really ran any saltwater hooks, right. as far as I know. Um, so I think probably like Walmart was their biggest buyer. And even mm. then, it seemed like it was kind of a struggle to get the hooks on the shelves. Yeah, I imagine something like that would be like sort of niche tackle shops like inland, I imagine. Dude, yeah, their, yeah. their whole thing was like bass. That was basically their whole shtick was just yeah. bass. And it, the, the hooks just had like a tiny little bend right behind the barb. And that's what supposedly retained more fish. But, yeah. you know, it's between that and an owner, I'm going to pick an owner. Yeah. Yeah, I've still, I've still got a, uh, those packs. I think I've just used the drop shots a little bit. They're... Uh, yeah, they work. They work. Like yeah, they're, fish they're get hooks. hooks on. Like, yeah, yeah <laughs> at the end of the day, so, it's a hook. I mean, know? they were yeah, they they were free hooks for me. I don't know if I'd ever buy them, but uh, but you know, they're sitting around. They'll get they will get used. Uh, will I endorse them uh, based on what I've heard? No, you probably but, won't uh, be sponsored. The podcast will not. Among others, this this podcast is not sponsored by <laughs> Zone Lock. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, uh, no, I've I've been buying too many. Uh, I've I've had I just had to test the waters for like what's like what is usable on like cheap hooks online, and uh, it's not much. Like yeah. buying unbranded hooks is has it's like they look fine or they look as good as like an owner or a mustad like you know chemically forged like black um, that black nickel like the thing. Nickel, yeah. It's like, oh, that's a you know that that should be as good as anything, and like, um, I've I've bought those where like, um, I I was using some like some of these like four aughts for uh, for rockfish, and then I hooked a a, a pinback, uh, as a, what is it, a spiny dogfish, and uh, as I was trying to unhook it, like I'm like you know it's shark skin, so it's gonna be tough, but like. I'm just trying to like wiggle that hook out as much as I can. And the hook just instantly straightens out. And I was like, okay, nice. Like <laughs> that's, that's, that's limit testing. We're done with, we're not using that for anything serious. Like yeah. I can still, I'll, I'll, I think I, I might've thrown them out recently. And I tried using, um, I bought like a pack of, uh, double, double pronged hooks, uh, kind of like, like frog, hooks? Frogs, yeah. frog hooks. And I wanted to put them onto crankbaits. Uh, as like instead of treble hooks and they would like run i like the idea of them uh on like crankbaits because like um hook the ground less or like hook the yeah, bottom or like hook uh there's like gonna be one uh one hook that's kind of like like vying for space in the same space of the crankbaits belly and so like um like i feel like the the lineup of the hook points isn't quite as perfect as it could be at least on some hooks the way that the eye of it is like set up and so uh, uh i figured like why have like if you're gonna have two coming out like it you know like that like off the bottom like in in a in a pretty good line compared to like um i feel like only one is really like two are gonna be like against the body and one is gonna be away from the body for like a treble hook on the bottom of the crankbait i know this hasn't been really an issue for anybody for the last 50 years where they would like actually change it but i just like tripped out on it and i was like oh that's something i can talk about and try and do that like and uh and those hooks were trash like 
especially like double pronged and they're on the same shaft all the way through. Yeah, they bend out real fucking easily for cheap yeah. hooks. So like I think I'm going to try it again with uh, like Mustad Duratins or something like that. I think those would hold up a lot better. Um, but yeah, I threw those out. Yeah. So I've always been a big fan of them. Either Mustad or Owner. I've, I've never yeah. had any problems with either of those. Yeah, I, I, I do really like Mustad. And Ant Owner's not also, also nice. Uh, I've recently, or in the last year or two, I found, um, what are they called? God damn it. Um, what are they called? They're, um, I think they're a Japanese um, brand. It's... Uh, they they sell them over at Shark Bay. They're they're, fuck. It's like some. It's, it's not, not like Gamakatsu, is it? No, no. It's uh, Charlie Brown hooks. I'm gonna Google that. So they have, um, people like them for like big, big, big game for like uh, marlin and uh, uh, quick rig. Have you heard of these? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're they're sort of a boutique hook. Um. I think they they act a lot like also here's here's one of them um but yeah they're just high quality hooks um i i trust those a lot and uh i hear the boys in new england really like them for uh for their giant bluefin and uh yeah so that's something i don't have a ton of experience with we we never did any saltwater fishing on the east coast and even on the west coast my like pelagic experience is quite limited yeah i've always been more of a inshore slash freshwater angler yeah no it's uh well uh on one hand you're really not missing much with uh with pelagics because like like you know a, a lot of trips especially if you're doing it on your own uh like myself like nine out of ten trips are gonna be like whale watching at best um uh like i've probably tried for tuna and or pelagics like i don't know at least three dozen times or something and i've seen like like three foamers and uh caught one dorado and lost two tuna that's not it's not much um but it's fun yeah. uh like i'm i'm definitely like it definitely feels a lot more like hunter mode uh i feel um but then, I, like, this this year I'm really trying to balance myself where, like, last year I was like, every time I go out on the boat, I'm going to go looking for tuna. Because I've already put in this much time, i got to keep going. And so I was driving myself nuts doing that. It's like, dude, go 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 get bit. Like, go just, like, so this year I wanted to, like, go once a week for pelagics and then once a week for bass. And just, like, it's like, yeah, I still know how to fish. Because it's like there was a point where I hadn't caught a fish in, like, three months. And I'm like, like what's going to happen when I hook the fish? Will I even remember how to use the goddamn reel? Like, it's like, so, um, yeah, I think I'm going to try the horseshoe on, uh, in the next couple of days. Have you seen the bite? There's the local bite. I know it's been pretty hot for calicos, especially. I, and sand bass on the S- twilight trips are yeah, exactly. insane right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, they're the, the, uh, the bass are really like loaded up on the, on the horseshoe and the barracuda showed up first and then the bass really filled in. I haven't heard as much about the Barracuda, but they're still around. And, uh, yeah, um, my last fish finder uh, just finally took a shit. I don't know. um, I think that the little, like, power um, 
the the mail connector on the on the fish finder for the power uh like one of the pins broke or two of the pins broke and so it's just you know that's it yeah. and uh um and so i picked up this one it's like a uh i had this little what is it it was a garmin striker and uh the the gps on it it was like it knew where i was but it was on like a white map with like absolutely no like relativity to it unless i put in my own coordinates but it was uh this one uh it does have contour lines it doesn't have the um uh, uh the navionics that i have on my phone navion the navionics app on the phone is a fucking game changer if if people don't have that they should get it um this is like what you get where like say um so here's the horseshoe and you can like zoom in oh, and wow. see like you can see this shit. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. So like you can just look around for any little any little node and like say uh I took you over where was it? Oh fuck. Right here. So it's like you just look for the tiniest little piece, and you go, yeah, there's probably a sand bass there. And then you go fish it, and it's like, yeah, like you you can pull a couple off, or sometimes they're really stacked there. So that one, it was stacked in the winter, and I, it was pretty easy fishing on that. I could pull off like half a dozen fish on like on a seemingly small stone, and then um, uh, and now like. All the stuff that I was fishing, where like we we had like a fifty fish day or something like that um, yeah. together, and uh, uh, that zone has completely dried up. But at the same time, I'm not really even sure because my my fish finder stopped working, so I couldn't even see what was below me. For a while, I didn't need it because like that was just consistent for like four months or something like that. And uh, once the fish finder died, and then the fishing did change, now it's like okay, what the hell is going on? So. Uh, yeah, I got that working. I'm probably going to use it tomorrow or the next day. Then I'm going to put a stainless steel prop. I saw on. that over there. Yeah. I was going to ask about it. Yeah, my uh, I switched over from uh, Yamaha 4-horsepower back to a Mercury 6-horsepower. I had an 06 Mercury. That's what I uh, used to have, and you've, you've been out with that. It was sort of properly powered for the boat, and the 4-horsepower like was... Um, made it feel more like a pool toy like we were we were chugging at like seven miles an hour or something to wherever we wanted to go and uh so now uh you should jump back on the boat soon and it should be a nicer ride and then with this it'll uh it, this should add like a mile or two an hour hopefully. oh nice i'm really hoping um i'm about to get out there and uh throw some a rigs around i've never done that yeah so it seems like with the uh the horseshoe right now they're from the surface down uh, all the way to the bottom and i've i've been seeing people's like fish finder postings and uh yeah it's it's like that a lot of sus a lot a lot of suspended fish so i know that as soon as i show up i've had really bad luck at the horseshoe for just whatever reason or the, just these like the spots that people talk about like isers or the horseshoe whenever i fish those places people go oh caught 20 fish there in a couple hours and it's like i can i can actually do that in other spots i can't do it at at these uh, at these like main mainstream uh <laughs> Everybody and their mother fishes isers, I guess. But like, uh, yeah, I, I can't. I just never have good luck there, so I don't even bother. It's like I'm gonna go find my own bite, and that's more fun, anyways. But I definitely want to like get over there, like try out the fish finder, um, and then uh, I also want to try a fly rod 
on on these fish because they, it sounds like they'll bite anything. So throw a streamer over it, yeah. and that that could be fun. So as long as I stay out of the way of all the party boats, they the sound seems like they're all lined up out there. There's just half half a dozen of them, one after another. So it's just all those half day boats trying to get their Instagram uh, limits of sand bass. You yeah. Know? So I mean, you know, uh, this is the best fishing that that it's been like uh, for them on the flats in like some say ten years something like that wow. it's been uh yeah and then like uh you can blame it on a bunch of different things um like or the disappearance of the bass in shore around here like some people have like gone so far as like selling their tackle and their boats because like the hb flats used to be great and now it sucks the last 10 years so they're like fuck it um one uh the one that everybody would rather point to uh because it's not human uh, caused by humans is a Humboldt squid. Um, they came through 10, 15 years ago and just ate everything. Um, that'll do it, you know. Uh, they're still around, I guess, but, you know, they they tend to hang out deeper. Um, and then uh, the other thing is um, uh, apparently, like, the Mexican uh, commercial fleet mm. will uh, catch sand bass, and then they'll grind it up and use it as fish food for the bluefin in pens. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know that. That's that's what I heard. Uh, I don't know if I should be like you know. I heard it from one or two people, so uh, I can only assume that it's true. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, it kind of makes sense. Like I hear that. Like, uh, yeah. If they're if they're gonna do that, then they're never gonna get up here for like when they do migrate, and they do migrate from the, uh, from down south. And uh, and then the third uh, thing would be. Um, that we reduced the limits from 10 to 5 about 10 years ago, I think. I want to say. Sometime sort of recently. I know when I was growing up, it was 10. 10 at 12 inches. Now it's 5 at 14 inches. Okay. Which is very reasonable, I think. I think 5 at 14 inches. I still feel like when I keep 5 bass, I go, did I need to do that? Like, could I have, like, done that with rockfish? So um, I try to do that with rockfish. But in the wintertime can't catch rockfish and you get real hungry so oh. yeah are are sand bass slow growing kind of like calico or do they grow faster i want to say that it takes about five years to get to that um to get to maturity um you know what i'm gonna go grab the 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 great book the certainly more than you want to know wow that does look like certainly more than i would want to know uh they lived to 33 years old um, 50% of males are mature at 9 inches 50% females at 9 inches both at 3 years so um, so yeah I think a keeper would be like about 5 years old right sounds right to me and then uh, sand bass spotties spotties are weird since they only grow up to like 5 pounds or something so they, they live to at least 14 years old, mature at 6 inches. And by spotties, you mean spotted sand bass, yes, not sir. spotted bay bass? Oh, spot, they are, they're the same. Same thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Learn something new every day. Yes, sir. You ever, uh, yeah. They, uh, sometimes they look a little bit like a sand bass or something. Cause they, I've I think definitely they, caught a bunch of spotties that are striped, kind of like sand bass. Too, yeah, so they have... So, it seems like some of them have a little bit more of that bard than others, and some sand bass in 
uh, I'll look a little, just a little, little bit of spottiness, but I don't know if that's just like projection by the fisherman. There's a official length, 26 inches max length of a sand bass, 13.2 pounds. Oh, uh, fuckers. Uh, yeah, they'll mature at eight inches. All right, well. We learned all we needed to learn about that. I feel educated. I'm glad. If, if uh, as long as I educated one person and uh, wasted the time of everybody else. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah. So how much time have you spent fishing in um in the Pacific Nor- Northwest? Like, I guess just anything north of San Francisco. Um, we've done a couple of trips. So in college, we fished out of Eureka a handful of times. Um, just went out on, I think it was like a four or six pack boat. Um, just looking for salmon. Um, did that two or three times and did okay. Um, the season up there is pretty good out of Eureka and they've, they've got a really good halibut season too, but we never did that. Um, and then a couple years ago, fished uh, buoy ten for a little bit up in Oregon. So I've did, done that, that. What's that all about? What's what's buoy ten? Um, so you leave out of uh, Astoria, and it's right there on the Columbia. So it's where the Columbia River meets the ocean. Um, and buoy ten is there's a series of buoys just off the the river mouth, and that's one of them. And uh, it's pretty popular for West Coast salmon guys. They'll uh, go up there and clean up the spring chinook and cohos and that kind of thing um so fishing was pretty good there on on cohos chinook was a little slow when we were there but uh that's how it goes gotcha did you ever uh um have you have you ever actually i I feel like you've caught at least one salmon out like from the rivers of like around eureka because like like we've we've struggled yeah we uh my freshman year of college or before freshman year when I was like visiting campus or something, my, my dad and I went up to fish, uh, the Trinity river and we both caught one steelhead each from the Trinity. It's pretty solid compared to the shit we did. Yeah. The, the full weekend of no bites. <laughs> and I, I did the same thing by myself. Uh, I guess I, I, I felt like you were there in spirit. Um, oh, I was. Yeah. <laughs> You didn't. You didn't bring the Oreos in spirit. It was yeah. My that that was a tough trip. Um, what uh, what river was that? Was that the Feather where no. we were fishing? Yeah. Uh, that was the Mad River, I think. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I. Uh, that was yeah. That was two full days. Yep. Sun up to sun. Well, sun Almost up. Sun down. Sun up to it, mid it was afternoon. Like like an hour before sunrise where like we couldn't see what we were doing uh and it was fucking freezing um i think that was like 4 30 a.m until like 4 p.m yeah like three, probably maybe 3, 3 p.m three or four and uh it was just miserable just no bites all fucking day and it was tough yeah and uh i did the same thing on my own uh looking for chinooks on the sacramento i think that was um I was I turned it turned into three full days. It was supposed to be two, and then as I was getting out, um, uh, I wanted to fish one more morning before I headed back to SoCal, 
and then I got uh, then I I saw these two guys like wanting to launch their drift boat, and they were like, "Hey, like, do you know if like we can launch down there?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, but it's like right above the, um, the big hole or whatever the fuck it is. There's like a there's a hole." It's called like deep hole or some bullshit. Um, I know on, the one you're talking about, but yeah. I, I don't know what it's called. I've I've never fished the Sacramento myself. Yeah, so there's like a 50 foot hole in uh, the Sacramento River uh, above, uh, above, I think below Redding or below Mount Shasta, above Red Bluff. That's what it is, and but above Red Bluff, and uh, uh, and then they they were uh, since I was already parked there, they were like, hey, you want to like uh come with us and just like fish with us for the day and then you know pick up the boat or pick us up so we can just pick up the trailer and you know do that whole dance uh i was like yeah sure so we fished for they and i fished another 10 hours another full day no bites yeah so i'm i'm really fucking snake bit on the salmon and i really hate them <laughs> so, they can be tough. <laughs> like so miserable. It's like and, and it's so much like at least coming from SoCal, it's like the time and resources to like go up there. Yeah. Is like even if you're just camping, you're spending like like three hundred dollars in gas to go there and back and like and then spend like three nights camping, that's like a hundred bucks per person. And like and then you're eating fucking like hot dogs and chips and mm, near beer delicious. for like three days and not showering and like and you're just suffering with fishing for Chinook and they fucking fucking hate them. Yeah, it, so. it can be tough, but I mean once once you hook one, you know why it's worth it. Yeah, I know. I I've seen I've seen it and I know that they're like they they look like. Uh, like a really really sporty game fish and so i really but i am so like after that that was like two consecutive years i think i just don't want to do it right now i don't have the resources to to do much um i say as i drop more money on a fish finder but like um uh but it's yeah it's fucking i do want to get back up there with 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 this with the mosquito and uh, i would i definitely take you um We'll see. Maybe, maybe in the fall, if things are looking fortunate for me and I have surplus, then maybe we could go. But that'd be cool. We should also think about trying to get it up to uh, to Oregon and fish with a guide. Yeah, I know. I I want to do things by myself. That's I'm like I'm real fucking stubborn about that shit. Like I really don't want to get a guide. But at the at the end of the day, like it's like, do you want to catch a fish or not? Like, do you want to go? You, if you're gonna drive up there, are you gonna do it right or are you just gonna like? like play with your nutsack for like for three days like what do you what do you really want to do so uh yeah so that's where I'm, I'm split you you know me i'm always like dodging dodging guide you ideas always go up for the weekend fish with a guide for day one and then yeah and then try and try and put it together by my uh for ourselves the rest of the time that makes a lot of sense so yeah then it's just yeah just a matter of uh putting together four or five six hundred bucks for a guide and then doing it right so we should do that we should probably do that i'd be down yeah should probably do that for the fish out here too the fucking bluefin still haven't got one and in all the time and money but six packs those boats are kind of crushing the bluefin right now yeah yeah there's one out of uh out of huntington uh easy sport fishing shot at that they've uh they've been doing relatively well and uh it's good to see a local uh, a local crew getting it done. 
I know uh, Blackfish out of Newport's been killing it too. Yeah, that's another good one. So, yeah, you know, hopefully the kite puts things together. Unless I'd love I, to see you catch a, a tuna on the kite out of the mosquito. Ri- yeah, it would be ridiculous. Chris, uh, do you follow Chris? Uh, yeah. He, uh, he's been, he, he's at least been towing the kite uh, the last week or so. It looks like he's been putting in a lot of time. Is he still fishing out of an inflatable too? Yep. He's, he put it up for sale last week or something like that. So if uh, he put it up for like asking price was something like 3000 for the outboard. He runs a 9.8 to Hatsu. Uh, four stroke, uh, same fifteen by four foot boat. Uh, what else did he include in it? He include oh he included like the seat stuff, which is like an aluminum frame, uh, kind of like a drift boat style, um, and some other stuff. But yeah, uh, he's he's trying to upgrade to. Uh, he bought what was it like an Achilles or a a bris a bris uh, inflatable, which is more of a standard like wider setup where i think it's like 16 by six or eight or something like that That extra two foot on the beam would be pretty nice yeah it would be really fucking nice yeah no you're telling me yeah (laughs) you could fit double tuna side by side yeah yeah like it's funny that like like i actually have like 18 inches of usable beam it's like what am i how how have i gotten this far i don't know i've gotten creative but um Another thirty six inches, like literally, like doubles the size of the usable boat, and that's yeah. nuts. So, um, yeah. take a quick pause. Here. Okay, sounds good. You see the uh, the balloons. Yep. Um, so Alicia got me uh, like the twenty eight balloons for my birthday, and then uh, uh, and so she turns. She turned 28 like a month after me, so we just held on to them. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so then like the day that I went to go get them refilled with helium, like in my head, I was like getting ready to like argue with like the Party City employee that like like I was thinking that they'd be like, no, like we don't refill them. You have to get a new one that, you know, we have to supply it for this to be like a fair business transaction or something. I was thinking they were going to say something like that. And I was ready to just be like, like, you know, like, you know how many of these fucking things that I see in the ocean every fucking day that I go out there, you're going to use these. You're going to reuse these. We're going to recycle these. Fuck you. (laughs) I'm going to just like slap them around against the wall. Like, I was I was getting really like mad for like an hour and then I dropped in and then like I hand them over and like no problem and then like I there's like a, a two dollar fifty refilling fee and then uh, I like pulled out my debit card and they were like no don't worry about it and I was like oh my god so nice you're so nice <laughs> <laughs> never expect charity from Party City <laughs> I, was, I was expecting someone who was just like sick of their life or something or like. Some manager who just like had nothing left in this world but the helium behind the party city counter. So yeah, so <laughs> it was it was you a gotta, nice turnaround. Got to have something for your after work party, you know. Yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe they're just sitting back there and just getting high on it. But That's what I'd be doing if I was working at Party City. Yeah. So. No offense to all your Party City people. So what's uh what's on your bucket list? What's what's the next thing on your bucket list for a. Uh, Next thing on my bucket list would probably be Dorado. I have not caught a Dorado. I went out last year. Um, 
we went out and I was like one of three guys on like a 30 angler boat to not catch a Dorado. I remember that. And I was pissed about it. So that's definitely on my list. And I've heard that they're coming up right now. So yeah. hopefully they're on their way and we can uh, get out there and kill a couple. Did you see um, uh, Dana Point, uh, the real fun, the half day boat? They were fishing for calicos in 50 feet of water on the anchor and somebody uh, caught one that's awesome yeah and they were just free swimming and uh they actually bit like they they've uh just like last year uh they're a little bit tough to bite uh i think it's gonna break open real soon it doesn't seem like there's the same quite the same numbers that there were last year like last year last year was insane yeah, it was. It was uh, last year. They just kind of hung out in between uh, Dana Point and Catalina, uh, and I guess they were. There was another like, I think there was another reasonable mass of fish, but there was a huge mass of fish that they were picking off of like around the two hundred nine. Uh, so like about ten miles southeast of uh, uh, the southern tip of Catalina, and uh, they they picked off tens of thousands of Dorado off of that spot over the course of like two or three months and uh, uh, like all the landings. And I guess there were some also um, like north of Catalina, I forget where, but I know that Long Beach was was uh, getting a lot too. But uh, like we're definitely seeing them right now, but there's it's not quite the numbers. But you could definitely I, you could definitely get one if you. Yeah, I, I hope so. That's That would kind of really round out my, my first fish pelagic trio this year you know i got my bluefin got my yellowtail yeah i'd love to just round it out with the dorado yeah i uh if i never see one of those again i'd be okay um after working on the boats and just seeing it like it was the only fish we caught for months and that's just not like socal fishing like there's always something i think there was one yellowfin tuna in like the like five thousand dorado i saw and just like yeah, it was ridiculous, but uh, I really want to get a. I just feel obligated at this point to get, <laughs> to get the bluefin, but I really want to get um, like a uh, in-state yellowfin. I think like they're That'd around, cool. yeah. So that would like, and they they're consistently good eating. I, I think the bluefin you have to like take extra care for. So, yeah, yeah, I think the the dorado would be really good for you. The uh, with the bluefin and the yellowtail that's that's it that's already like a a good year um and dorado throwing a yellowfin get yourself a striped marlin might as well might as well so they're they hang out um sort of local there was um there was like half dozen that somebody saw uh off of newport like in like 150 feet of water oh wow uh, they were just like cruising off like the newport pier and uh that was several weeks ago. So they're around. They've they've filed in. They're in state waters. So, um, yeah. And then there's this. Uh, I saw this. Uh, um, this article. It was. I think the article was more central to like San Francisco or something. But they were talking about how there's, uh, like our El, our El Nino. It's like the El, the El Nino is happening, uh, worldwide or in the Pacific or whatever. Uh, it's very much happening, but we're we're not really seeing the true effects of it yet in California because we've had the uh, uh, the winds coming in from the north for uh, an abnormally long time. So like uh, like this cool 
this cool air keeps uh, has kept coming in, like from Alaska and stuff like that, and just keeping the water temps down, keeping the water temps down, while like the the currents have been bubbling up down in like, you know, uh, more like equatorial area, like South Pacific. But uh, as soon as those winds like lie down a little bit, it's possible. The way I interpreted the article, um, the uh, uh, the waters could stay warm like from now till spring. So, well, like, we're not even going to have, like, a winter. So, I've been calling it the endless summer. Um, so, we, I think that some crazy shit could happen in, like, the next year where, like, we could see, like, it's weird if we get, it's it's pretty weird if we get, like, Wahoo or Blue Marlin. I think we're definitely going to get those. I think we could see, like, some Black Marlin coming in, which mm-hmm. would be, like, you know, those really only come up to, like, Cabo normally, but they could they could potentially pile in, which would be fucking cool. That would be cool. And like Craval Jack, and roosters. Yeah, I was just about to say, just call me when the rooster fisher, <laughs> yeah. man. I don't know if the roosters ever actually show up this far north. I think I've I've never heard of it. Yeah, I've I've heard of uh, Craval Jack um, showing up a couple times. Um, somebody got a couple people have gotten them in the surf in the last like twenty years. Wow. Yeah. So that's fucking weird. I'd, we could see some of that, maybe. I really hope, like, um, it seems, you know, global warming is real. Sorry about it. Uh, <laughs> but, like, you know, if it's going to happen, I really hope that, like, like um, it seems like there's a couple of cutoff points of where, like, certain species will stop showing up. And so, like, a lot of species in Southern California won't go past Point Conception. Um like, you won't really see uh, calico bass north of uh, Santa Barbara. Um, and uh, another one of those cutoff points is uh, Magdalena Bay, uh, which you might have heard of for, like, striped marlin fishing. Yeah. Um, and rooster fish uh, stop showing up uh, north of Magdalena Bay. So, like, in my fantasy land, um, like, Magdalena, or, like, the, the cutoff point for Magdalena Bay, like that, I hope that fishery just kind of like over the next like 50 years or whatever just naturally transitions to be like Southern California. I think that would be fucking cool. And then maybe we wouldn't see – I think we – would Calicos still be there? I don't think they really show – I think they do show up south of there, but like not as much. Like they get – I think – Cabrilla, like groupers and stuff, start that to. That would be a really cool in. species for local water. Yeah. So, I mean, would it be catastrophic for for my dreams to come true? Potentially, but Win you some, know, you lose some. But if you know, if if we're gonna lose some, that's what we would win. So, you know, that would be fucking cool. So, I hope that happens. But um, yeah, with the warm water, I think um, as as long as you make a few make a few. Uh, just book a few charters i think uh you'll be able to run in some dorado and maybe uh if it gets consistent you could probably go out on, on with me uh i just don't like going more than like 10 miles with another person in my boat when like when we're going so slow and stuff yeah. but if it's going to be like con- if if there is some consistent stuff that shows up off of like dana point or maybe newport um then uh, i'd be down to to go out there and slap them around with you sounds good we wouldn't have any place to put any of those fish but we just have to lay out the dorado we catch on our laps because there's just no other room we can just fillet them right there and yeah uh, 
and then just yeah while they're alive yeah and then uh and put them into like a cooler bag we'd be okay with that that wouldn't be too bad yeah have we run our course uh, maybe you got any uh <laughs> you got any bucket list fish uh yeah, I mean, I'm trying to get a, uh, I'm trying to get the bluefin. I'm trying to get the striped marlin, and I'm trying to get the in-state yellowfin. Um, and then, like, as far as other just bucket list fish, like that are just like wild. I'd really love to get a rooster. I really wanted to get. I went down to Puerto Vallarta like this this in the winter, and it was really fishing wise. It was a very disappointing trip. Like I, I had like a four hour panga ride that I I didn't catch anything. Ouch. Like there were a bunch of like Sierras and Benito, like, like boiling all over the goddamn place and they wouldn't touch anything. And like, um, we didn't have live bait and I didn't even know we had like, uh, a live bait tank on the boat. It didn't, it didn't, it wasn't like obvious. It was actually like one of the storage compartments in like the transom. And, uh, if I knew that I would have sent down a sabiki and at least like tried to catch some bait fish and I would have been cool with that. That'd been new, new species that maybe use those for bait, but Nope, didn't know about that. And uh, but yeah, there was uh, like that. They called me the day before I went out, and they were like, "Hey, we're we're, we're gonna go catch Dorado. You like that?" And I'm like, "No, no, I don't. Never want to see another Dorado. Anything but a Dorado, buddy. Please, <laughs> poor Pavlor. Better than nothing, though. Yeah, it would have been better than nothing. It would have been better. But yeah, so um, yeah, these these like fantasy lands, like down in like Central America still going to be hit and miss and i i learned that after the fact like a lot of people like like before it was like oh this is what you do yeah you're going down to puerto Vallarta, you gotta go on the panga and you gotta catch a bunch of all this shit you're gonna catch like roosters and stuff and then like after i go and i go yeah it was disappointing everybody else comes out of the woodwork and they go yeah it's disappointing about 70 percent of the time oh, it's like nice. well i wouldn't have spent the fucking like i am broke yeah that's like, some false advertising i threw i threw like you know four or five hundred bucks at this panga thinking that like i was gonna get something new and like it's like that's all my money like let's get something new and then it's like nothing and it's like yeah okay this is a rich man's game i get it just think about how many margaritas you could have bought down there for 500 bucks yeah virgin margaritas for myself but uh yeah that was that was fucking bullshit so how about local wise i know i'm still chasing my legal halibut from the surf yeah i'm still chasing illegal halibut yeah many years uh, I haven't tried that hard, I guess, but like, yeah, they're they're fucking weird. They're hard to find for whatever reason. I think once you crack them, then it's easy. But like, in the meantime, it's I, like I keep seeing these guys online posting like, yeah, I'm getting three to five halibut every trip. Like, what the fuck? How I are know. you doing that? Yeah, I see that shit, and it's just like you're not doing that much different. So like, there's uh, there's that one guy. I should really get him. I should get him on here. That would be a good idea. There's a California sea surf, California surf fishing guy. I'm sure you follow him. Uh, uh, he's always posting pictures of like white sea bass and halibut and sheephead from the beach. It's not like uh, it's not Benji Kim, is it? No. Okay. I've so. seen some of his videos. He's a he does like a YouTube channel for. Uh, I've heard of him. Local surf fish. It's pretty good. Yeah. He's got some good stuff. Yeah. Um, I there is another guy though that he's always catching like big halibut okay i haven't seen that I'll, I'll send you a link okay yeah i mean this uh the california surf fishing guy what what i get from him is that he's he's always like 
working around like boilers with a bunch of seagrass. Yeah. And I hated, I hate fishing I, I that area. I can never work a bait through that. Yeah. I'm I losing $20 stick baits for days doing that. Yeah. Shit. And like, and just your bait never comes back clean. So I never have any faith that it's like, that it's running clean. And it seems like he's got it figured out. And like, he'll, he'll pull like sea bass, like. Is he throwing like, uh, like weedless swim baits? Or it something? looks like he's throwing weedless swim baits. And then, um, uh, He'll do some other stuff. I think he he throws some kind of bait for the for the sheepheads because he he gets into sheepheads like at will. It's uh that'd be a pretty it, fun fight from the sand. Yeah, no, those those things will dog you. So like, yeah, he's got he's got his program figured out. And uh, but just w- for my whole life, whenever I've seen people work work the seagrass, I'm just like, how the fuck are you doing that? Yeah, this is like I see that shit and I go, please God, no! Like I don't want like get me. Like God save me, get me out of here, helicopter me out. This sucks. It's the same but. thing. Like, I kind of have the similar experience when I'm doing like freshwater, like green bass or that kind of thing. Everybody's like, run your crankbait over the the shit on the bottom, and yeah. you'll get bit as soon as you bounce off a log. I'm like, I don't bounce off logs. I hang up on logs, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, I guess I've sort of started figuring that kind of thing out with the like how we were like trolling over hard bottom and like sometimes it would be sticky and like I understand I started to understand that where it's like okay like you know if I'm like within a few feet of it then they're gonna come up and, and ambush it but it's like if you're bouncing off of it it's like if you're not bouncing off of it you're not getting bit and it's like dude like I don't have that kind of money right yeah like, <laughs> it's like like I lose a hundred lead heads a day it's like bro like yeah I don't, nice. yeah must be <laughs> must be nice you got it figured out. I mean, um, yeah, that's it's tough, dude. Fishing is hard. Yep. So, yeah, that's uh, well, I feel like uh, I feel like we did it. I feel like we ran our course here. So we saved the podcast. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Yeah, this was uh, this was all right. I'll have you on again. Sounds good. It's cool to see the other side after listening to all your episodes and uh, yeah. It's um, you know, it is what it is. It's uh, um, it's nice to pull out like a nice microphone for a guest. Like this one's uh, nothing too special being a handheld, but uh, but that one's never that one, heard my voice come through so clear. That was that was another thing where it's like I was I was kind of curious how you would react with the uh, um, just being on mic. Like you've never been on mic before, I assume. Like nope. So like well, yeah, other than like online gaming, I suppose, but yeah, but yeah, like definitely this is, a different caliber. Yeah, so you know, you have you have anything to say to Spotify? Just you know, hi mom or like. Uh, my mom probably won't listen to this, but my dad might. So hey, oh, dad, yeah. sorry about all the swearing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember swearing that much, but uh, yeah, sometimes. My parents catch me at the dinner table, like they're like, "You've said fuck like seven <laughs> times," and like, <laughs> like you haven't eaten, taken a bite yet. And I'm like, "I have." So like, you know, I'm just not aware. Just a of generational it. difference. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't. I didn't really notice it here, and like, you know, um, so but I just always mark uh, like uh, the the podcasting streaming things. Like they ask, like, "Is this ex- expletive?" And I'm like, oh, "I don't know." Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I mumble everything, so I don't think anybody can hear what I say to, to begin with. But it's, uh, uh, yeah, there's probably a bunch of fucks in there. I can't remember. So, 
Yeah, so you know, I'm glad you had your po- your your Virgin podcast experience and uh, um, got the Joe Rogan mic in front of you. And we may not have any fringe geologists on, but uh, but it's uh, but it's a good time. I'll probably delete this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. Uh, yeah. Thanks for coming by and uh, trying this out. So cool. great.